You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. I'm here today with my co-host, Lauren Trantham. Hello, Lauren. Hi. <laughs> I was like, whoa, where'd she go? <laughs> we were just talking. I almost, I almost said good morning because it's morning where I'm at, but... It is not where I'm at. We are right. three hours apart, so yeah. Good afternoon. All right. Okay, so <laughs> off <awkward laughs> silence. All right, so I thought that maybe today, I, I posted on my Instagram today, I found a beautiful quote this morning about fear that I would like to share, and then maybe we can have a conversation about that because fear is, as my girlfriend likes to call it, false evidence appearing real. Mm. That's a good one, right? That's a good one. All right, let's talk about this one. So the quote that I posted today is, I have learned that fear limits you and your vision. It serves as blinders to what may be just a few steps down the road for you. The journey is valuable, but believing in your talents, your abilities, and your self-worth can empower you to walk down an even brighter path. Transforming fear into freedom. How great is that? And the quote is from Soledad O'Brien. So I love this quote. I posted it today with a note about how fear gets in the way. Fear is in my way right now for some things that I have going on in my life. And, you know, this is where my girlfriend, like I said, I was talking to my girlfriend. She always says to me, oh, it's just false evidence appearing real. And it's, and I talk about it in the book. I have a whole chapter in my book that, that will now be coming out in 2020, by the way, but the whole chapter in the book about fear and, you know, is it real? Is it not real? And being able to sit and determine, you know, is it serving me? Is it not serving me? I don't, I don't really know where is it coming from, but it's really hard to look at those questions. And, you know, there's the expression, like you can't read your label from the inside. Right. So it's really hard. Like I can maybe see something you're feel fearful about and say, Oh, Lauren, you're being silly. You can totally do that. Or you can totally do this. But for you, you're like, I'm not sure I can, I don't see myself that way. You know, so that's that's something that I'm struggling with right now as far as fear is concerned. And I thought maybe it'd be a good conversation to have today because I figure if I'm feeling it, somebody else out there must be also. Yeah, I mean everybody has everybody has fear of all kinds of things. And it's interesting because we're so wired to think of fear as like, well, we have to survive, right? Like that's scary because that could kill me, like mm. caveman style. And now we have like completely different lives and we have to kind of navigate like what is real like if it's something appears real it's probably scaring us because of some sort of real life danger Mm, right but is it something that we've actually experienced or is it something that somebody told us is scary like now there's so much information everywhere that's true don't even know yeah yeah I was just at I was just hearing this woman talk about fear actually a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about how like innately it comes down to that we want to look good like a lot of our fears are like are people going to like me through this Mm. are people going to support me through this and that was a real fear because back in the day when we lived in tribes being ostracized from your tribe actually meant you you were probably going to die out there alone and so like we carry this with us and so like that's why I think it's so interesting that quote about like is it real because it used to be real. If people mm. didn't like you and you got you got the boot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to like fight off lions by yourself. Mm. Um, so what is like what is real? What's real danger? 
Mm, and it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause you know, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, we were talking about stuff like this, like past life stuff and like how sometimes things get carried down in a cellular level, like, you know, with human beings, it's not, you know, cause I made a joke that I probably drowned in a past life because I'm scared of water, even though I can swim and whatever. But if you throw me in a pool, forget it. We might not ever be friends again. Like, I don't like the loss <laughs> of control. I don't like boats all that much. Like, you know, I just, there's something about water that freaks me out. And I'm like, oh, I probably drowned in a past life, you know? And he's like, no, you, it may or may not have been a past life, but chances are a relative of yours at some point did die of a drowning. And that fear is now in the cells and it gets carried on and all of that, you know, like these things do get carried on down the line. So sometimes we do carry the fears of our ancestors. They're just not true. Well, that's legitimate. That's generational trauma. Yeah. Like they know, like the the more that they're studying DNA, like they know that's, that's real. That's not like some woo-woo science. Like that's real. And it's a survival tactic too. You and I were just talking about like, what does it mean? Like survival is like everything. Our brains are constantly trying to keep us safe, even when there's some, the danger's not real anymore. Yeah, it's super crazy. So I guess that's why she says it's false evidence appearing real. That even though you can say, "Well, if this, then that," you know, and that, and whatever that is, might be scary, it might be different. Mm-hmm. But also, sometimes I think we make these things into big bad monsters that may or may not ever happen, but we think we know everything that's going to happen, which is also stupid because we have no control over that. Right. You know, it's. It's, um, it's very like for me when I'm, I'm afraid of something, I go around and around with it in my head. Is this real? I don't know. Well, what will happen? Well, what might not happen? But you don't have control. You got to let go. You have to surrender. And, but what do I have control over? And what, what is real in that area? You know, it's like, it's just kind of keeps going in circles. And then what happens is I think we get frozen by the fear because it's like too many decisions, too many options. And we just go, oh, I'm just not going to do anything. And that is also scary, by the way. Right, like getting scary. Yeah, Mm -hmm. getting stuck where you are, or not pushing yourself, or not taking chances—that's not good either. Yeah, yeah. So when I like when I think about fear too, I try to get down to the root cause because sometimes you just feel afraid and you don't really know why. Like public speaking is like really scary. So like getting, and we've talked about this before, but like getting really authentic with what you're feeling to find those answers. So like. And a lot of it does come all the way down to, well, I'm afraid that people won't like me mm. or that I'll look stupid and then I'll lose friends. And so a lot of fears are really like, I think if you can dispel them and you can get them down to the actual root cause, you can kind of be like, that's where you have to ask, like, but is that real? Mm. Right. Because also like if you, if you get up and you give a bad speech, let's say, is somebody really going to not like you anymore? Sometimes I feel like when you do things like that, actually people like you even more, right? Like when I, like when I talked about when I went on Facebook and I ugly cried about my breast cancer, like people liked me more after that, not less, even though I was so embarrassed and I didn't do my hair and I had snot coming down my face and like, you know, I'm talking about my boobs of all things, you know, but in the end it like made people connect more. Well, I think that's why it's so interesting what you teach about vulnerability. Like, because I have, when did we meet in 20? 15 14 this happens to us every time i'm like how long have we been friends no it's way longer it was like 2013 way longer 13 Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. i definitely have less fear i don't know even 12 i think it was 13 it was 13 okay i have less fear now than i ever did before 
okay, I don't have less here. I manage it completely different because of the lessons that you've taught me about vulnerability. Because when you realize that you can be vulnerable and people don't actually throw tomatoes at you Mm. or kick you out of the tribe, right? Like fear takes on a different meaning. Mm. And that comes through vulnerability and that comes through practicing that vulnerability. Because I really do think like, not to generalize, but I do think a lot of fear boils down to people aren't going to like me Mm. or I'm unlovable or I'm not worthy in some way. And the more vulnerable you can get, the more you can see that that's just not true. Yeah, it's fear. It's just different. I don't know. It doesn't feed the fear. I mean, this is, and this is what she says. The journey is valuable, but believing in your talents, your abilities, and your self-worth can empower you to walk down an even brighter path. And that's essentially what she's saying. If you have that self-worth, you can walk down that path without the fear of, I'm going to lose friends, isn't it? You know, and, and at some point you say, well, if I do lose friends, then it wasn't meant to be, was it? Yeah. You know, at this point, we don't have to worry about the tribes. We can just find another tribe. <laughs> right, exactly. Really? I mean, really? Yeah. Just, you know, go somewhere else and find another tribe that does get you. Well, that's the difference between what's real and what's not real. That's not real for us anymore. Right. And then there's the other type of fear that's like, I'm actually going to die. Like something you might experience. I was going to use like the example of like jumping out of a plane, but we could use the example of having breast cancer. Like yeah. that's a real, that's a different kind of fear. That's well, not, are people going to like me? That's like, am I going to survive this? Yeah. It's so interesting you say that because in the book, that's what I talk about. I talk about all the different fears. And then I say, you know, you think you know what fear is. Let me tell you what fear is and how being diagnosed with cancer shrunk every other fear that I ever had. It was kind of like those fears no longer hold up. You know, the bar has now been raised, <laughs> you know? And, but it's interesting post-cancer, there's so much fear. There's so much, what if this comes back? What if I'm not living my biggest life? What if I'm not actually happy? And I thought I was, what if, you know, I'm, I'm sick again. What if I get a different type of cancer? What if I forget to take my medication tonight? What if, I mean, Lauren, like, I'm going to just be honest with you. I have like arthritis in my knee, which I know makes me sound old and maybe I am, but I was so... I went to the doctor and, and he's like, okay, you have arthritis. He took an x-ray. He's like, yeah, see, it's right there. You have arthritis, whatever. And I went to the doctor and he told me I had arthritis. And for three weeks after I was sick to my stomach that I thought I had bone cancer, like to the point where even yesterday, this is, this is not, I'm going to explain like how crazy I am. Are you ready? This is how PTSD works in cancer patients. I've been trying to lose weight, right? So they put me into menopause. I immediately gained 10 pounds and I was like, okay, I need to lose weight. So I've been trying to lose weight. I've been eating really healthy, eating a lot less, doing intermittent fasting, working out a ton. I've lost about 12 pounds. And it's been, I want to say fairly easy, like easier than I remember it ever being in the past. Let's put it that way. And now I'm paranoid that I have knee pain and I lost weight. So I must have cancer. So God forbid. So I wrote to my doctor yesterday, I'm coming in Tuesday for a shot. Can you do blood work beforehand just to make sure everything's okay? Even though FYI, I had blood work done like two months ago and everything was fine. But that fear of like, am I just being stupid? You know, I said to them, I'm I'm trying to lose weight and I did. And now I need you to make sure it's normal. Which is, I said to them, which I understand is the dumbest thing you probably heard today, but just humor me, <laughs> you know, because I'm scared. I am terrified. I have fear that I'm going to miss the signs or, you know, I haven't been sleeping great lately. So I've been napping in the afternoon and usually I, don't, I can nap for like 15 minutes and feel fine. And now I need like an hour. I'm like, oh my God, that's what happened to me when I got breast cancer. I remember one day I fell asleep for four hours and so now I associate that with having cancer, you know, it's like, even though it was on a day where I flew to San Francisco, <clears throat> excuse me, and I 
woke up at six in the morning to go or whatever, you know, it's like, I have to do a lot of talking myself down around those anxieties and those fears because they can eat you alive. I mean, there, there are, I was just looking up x-ray after x-ray of what does knee cancer look like? And if that's even a thing and, you know, what does cancer look like in the knee and comparing it to my x-ray and, and my husband's like, you know, the doctor that told you to have arthritis had a wife, has a wife that had breast cancer. And I'm pretty sure would know if there was cancer on your knee and would have told you, you need to get it looked at. I'm like, no, that makes logical sense. But what if he missed it? What if he was wrong? What if I just went a day too early? What, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And those fears are real. You know, they're not real at all, <laughs> but they're completely legitimate. And, and that's, and so it's funny you say that because I talk about that in the book. Then it's like, oh, the fear of failure or the fear of everybody liking me. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be so concerning to me after this stuff, you know? Well, I think that's what's so interesting about fear is that a lot of time it's just wasted. It's wasted anxiety. It's wasted worry. Yeah. Because they're not, they're not comparable. No, but it's also like, even with that, even with the cancer, it's like, you don't want to let your guard down because you're like, well, if I let my guard down, it'll come back and I won't know. But you also don't want to live your whole life worrying about what if it comes back and then it never does. And you wasted your whole life worried about it. That sounds awful too, you know? Yeah. Well, how does that quote, like, because that, that quote really spoke to you. Did that quote speak to you on that level, like of the cancer? Because it's talking about self-worth and all of these things. Like, how do you, do you find that that quote helps you with the cancer fear or just that kind of everyday fears that we have to all come across? A little bit of both. I think it's um, putting in perspective a little bit of the fears that I have of life events after cancer. So, and I know that that's somewhat vague, but relationships and health concerns and business decisions and all the things that you have to re-examine after you get sick or that you're, you know, I shouldn't say that you have to, but usually you're, you're forced to, or you're, you feel inclined to, because you're like, okay, well, I survived something like that. Now, am I really happy? Is this really what I want to do with my life? Is this, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Am I doing something that fulfills me? Am I with people that make me happy? Are you, you know, and you start looking at all of those things and it definitely changes your self-worth. I, I think that uh, that's such an interesting thing for me. I was telling someone the other day, and I might've even mentioned it on here before that I have a really hard time looking at pictures of myself before I got sick because I do a lot of comparison and I, and I say, oh, that girl looks so happy, so thin, so healthy, so young, so this, so that, whatever. But I, if I'm honest with myself and I remember who that person actually was before I got sick, she had her own set of problems, <laughs> you know, cancer wasn't one of them. So once, once she got cancer, all those other problems seemed minuscule, but in the moment before she got cancer, they weren't minuscule, mm-hmm. you know, so I have to stop comparing myself to her, stop trying to look like her again, stop trying to act like her and be like her because I'm not her anymore. And I, legit do not recognize that person. Like there are sometimes where Facebook will pop up a picture of me from years ago before I was sick. And I'll be like, who is that for like a split second? You know, I like my brain legit does not look at her and say, that's me. You know, like, you know, when you see a picture of yourself that that's you, I I have that moment of, is that me? Looks like me, talks like me, but I'm not sure it's me, you know? So I think also that that redefining 
or, or refiguring out who you are and working on the fears through that is very difficult because it's, it's easier to navigate your fears when you know who you are, when you have your self-worth, when your stability is there in yourself, when you don't have that as much, the what ifs and the fears become much greater and much more overwhelming. Yeah. It's in, you said something in there interesting too, about comparing yourself to the old you. We also do that with other people and like, we, like we all have things going on. And one thing that I learned through photographing all of those survivors, remember I did the trip Mm -hmm. and I photographed all of these survivors of sex trafficking and they were consistently across the board telling me you can't compare hurts and you can't compare fears and you can't compare anxieties. Like we all are going through things. And so I think it's really smart to understand that you can't compare yourself to your earlier self. Mm-hmm. Cause like yeah. we can compare ourselves to others and like what's easy for me isn't easy for somebody else because of a lifetime of experiences. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's, it's, something I've really had to work hard at letting go. It's hard for me. It's very hard for me. I, I mourn that woman a lot, you know, in some ways she, in some ways she's no longer here in other ways she is and more amplified, you know, like the kindness, the compassion, the certain things have become more amplified than they even were before. I, I think that it's cancer does that. It amplifies the good and it shrinks the bad quite a bit, but it's, it's a tough one. Even as we're talking about, it, I'm getting very emotional because it's, it's definitely a mourning. It's a grieving. And I'm not sure that even two years later, I'm, I'm through that. Yeah. I'm clearly not through that. I should say, because I feel like I could burst out in tears right now. Um, and I think that that's, I'm even afraid of that. Am I ever going to be able to move on and not compare myself to who I was before and not consider myself the girl who had breast cancer? Like that's, you know, it's, it's so interesting. It's like, uh, it's a a badge that I wear of honor. And yet also it's a scarlet letter sometimes, you know? And, and so it's, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I can say that you will because you never sit still. You're always moving forward and growing. And so you will, you will get past that. I know you will. It might take another two years, but you will. And that's just the nature of who you are. So I wouldn't worry about that. Like take that off of your list of fears. Yeah, right. So that, and that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like I look at that and go, will it ever happen? And you're like, mm-hmm. duh, obviously I'm reading your label right. from the outside. Exactly. It's so clear that that will happen because you've done it before and you know, whatever. So I think maybe that also brings up a good point that it's, it's good for women to be able to talk about their fears with each other because it's, it's one thing for me to say it. And sometimes even when you say it out loud, you're like, oh, that is so dumb. I can't even believe I actually really fear that. That's stupid. But sometimes it's really legit. And then your friends can say, well, what can I do to help you? Or I don't believe that that really is a challenge for you because I've seen you do it this many times before. Or remember this event that happened and you did it then. And you know, it's it's good in that way also for accountability, I think. Well, we can add that to the list of like, okay, so first when you when you face a fear, like figuring out like, is this real? Or is this like some tribal, like wonkiness that's happening in my brain? Is this real? Like get down to the root of why do I feel this way? And then like reach out to your friends. Like that's a good, a good third step. Like reach Mm -hmm. out to your friends and say, is this legitimate or what's, what's happening here? Because Mm -hmm. your friends can help you dissect it. Just like Mm -hmm. you said. Um, And then the fourth thing, like the fourth thing that I always end up saying is thank you for sharing. Like Mm -hmm. I tell my fear, like, I'm glad that you're looking out for me. Thanks for sharing. 
I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Now you can back off. I, I talk about this in the book. I don't need you anymore. Right. I appreciate you having my back. We're good. Yeah. Say like, that's a good story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I learned that I actually, I learned that in the meditation retreat that I did, that they talk about like these feelings that come up like anxiety and fear and whatnot. And instead of fighting them to really embrace them, thank them and just let it go. And yeah. that is hard work. They mm-hmm. talked about, um, Corey, the guy that ran the, the meditation retreat talked about this material. Don't ask me the name of it. It's some sort of majorly scientific word. There's like a material, they filled a pool with this material. I don't know what it's called, but you can probably find it on YouTube, but it's the kind of material that like, if you go and you just like put your hand in it, like really slowly, it's like a liquid. You can put your hand right in. But if you took like a, your hand and you started hitting it and pressuring it really hard, it turns into a solid and you can't get through it. And he's like, you know, emotions like that, like fear, anxiety, whatever, they're the same way. If you just kind of go with it and you work with it and you accept it and you invite it in, it will flow and it will work with you. And if the more you fight it, the harder it's going to get. So that's that, that was something I really took from the, the workshop because we do do that. We do that in a lot of ways. We feel anxiety or fear and we go, I need a glass of wine. I need to smoke. I need to go exercise. It doesn't always have to be bad things, right? Like I need to exercise. I need to do whatever to take my mind off these things. And so what we're doing is actually hitting the, the material, right? We're making it harder for ourselves because we're not really fixing it. We're just band-aiding it right now. And then it just comes back stronger and stronger. Right. I you know, love so, that visual. That's like such a powerful visual. Yeah. So I think to like be able a, to sit <laughs> and just say, okay, fear, I feel you. I hear you. You you are not, not legitimate. I understand. However, I got this. Yeah. I appreciate you, but I don't need you right now. Yeah. You know, I think that that's something for me, I need to be meditating on this week, you know, and, and really working on because it can get overwhelming quickly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I'm dealing with that too. Like I know we talked about the dating world, right? Yeah. I'm like going to get back out there. I'm doing speed dating tonight. Ah. <laughs> I would have never admitted to doing that. Uh, not admitted. I would have never agreed to do that before, but it's like a whole new me. But I have a friend of mine who we're just friends, but he wants to date me. And I've told him like, we're just going to be friends. And he kind of came b- back and was like, well, do you think that maybe you're just afraid of getting hurt again? And so this whole fear thing is like really been on my mind this week. And I said to him, like, of course I'm afraid. Like, show me a person who's not afraid of getting their heart broken and Mm. I'll show you a liar. Like everybody's afraid. Like, it's not that I'm immune from fear, but after weighing the options, like I'm going to do it anyways. Right. Like I'm going to, I'm going to still open my heart. And, um, so fear, like fear, it works that way. Like you can be afraid and still accomplish really difficult things. Yeah. You know, like this, the work that you do, Jen, like I've seen you just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And at each step, like there's fear there. Mm. And what's interesting about you and watching you is that you do it anyways. Mm. Like I've been in hotel rooms with you where you're like, Oh my God, this, I just got this offer. Like, I don't know. It's scary. Like, yeah, it's really scary and it's okay to admit that and then say, but I'm going to do it anyways. Mm. Yeah, I have done that. <laughs> you do it all the time. Thank you for the reminder of that. <laughs> yeah, I've watched you do it. I remember one time, maybe this is TMI, 
we can maybe edit this out if you don't want me sharing this on the well, podcast. Well, how about we don't share like names? No, I will no, I will okay. share names. Okay. You got an offer. We were in a hotel room. I don't even know what city we were in. You got this big, this big opportunity. And you were trying to weigh the options if it was the right opportunity or not. And you were, I think you like threw up. <laughs> you I don't were remember like, that. <laughs> yeah. You were like in the bathroom. You were like, you were sick. You were sick over this. And you were afraid. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, Jen Rosenbaum gets afraid. Like this is, re- this is like real life. And then you came out of the bathroom and you were like, yeah, it's happening. I'm going to do it. I'm afraid, but that's not going to stop me. Like I have a very, yeah. And I was just like, wow. That's funny. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> you were sick. You were like, I didn't sleep a wink last night. I'm, I'm just like, it's scary. It's scary to grow and do things you've never done before. And there's fear attached to things. And like, but, but that's it's your so choice. funny because then you do it and you're like, what was I so afraid of? Totally. Every like time. you don't even remember that. You Every don't even time. Remember that. No. <laughs> yeah. Every time you're like, what was I so freaked out about? I know. That's crazy. So interesting. I can't wait to hear about your dating experience. Speed dating. Tonight. Your speed dating. Speed dating. Here's the thing. Like after that retreat, like the Matthew Hussey retreat, like the one thing he talks about is like, just take the pressure off and then consider it as like, you're testing and trying, you're testing and trying, you're testing and trying. And so that's how I feel today. Like I'm going to go to it and like, I have no expectations. I'm just going to check it out. I love it. (laughs) Well, we're going to have to talk about it next time to take notes. (laughs) All right. I'm going to open a shine card because we are running out of time. Okay. Shines. For those of you who do not know, Shine is my word of 2019. So Lauren bought me this little um, gift set of pop-open cards that all have to do with shining, um, which I love. And I actually just got a necklace that says shine on it. I'll have to share that with you guys. Uh, Okay. This one says, we do not need magic to transform our world. We carry all of the power we need inside ourselves already. JK Rowling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lauren's laughing because it's pretty fucking appropriate. <laughs> for all of the hour conversation we had before we recorded this podcast. I'm going to read it again. We do not need magic to transform our world. We carry all of the power we need inside ourselves already. JK Rowling, who is the author of Harry Potter, so mm-hmm. the uh the uh commenting about we don't need magic to transform our world. It's pretty amazing. She's an amazing story too. So look up her yeah. story. Talk about yeah. fear. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Oversharing? <laughs> no, it's all good. Now everybody knows that I puked. So now it's empty. <laughs> it's well, good. you puked. I'm going to speed dating. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's all good. <laughs> you guys, if you want to uh, find Lauren, you can find her everywhere at at my road. If you want to find me, you can find me <clears throat> everywhere. I don't know what's with my voice today. At at Jen Roosevelt or at Shamelessly Feminine. And if you love this podcast, please share it with somebody and give us a five star rating and a little review on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate you for that. And uh, as always, reach out to us. Let us know what you want to hear about. If you have any topics, any questions, we are open to hearing everything. And go out there and kick fear in the ass. Thank you guys. Have an awesome week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.